Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening guys, and without further ado, let's begin. So I was backing up the photos on my phone today and I found some which I took the day of the incident. And I gave it some thought and decided why not share it on here, being anonymous and all that. Maybe this can serve as a PSA of sorts. Always trust your gut feeling. So last year I was living by myself at the time, before my partner and I moved in together that is. For some background too, my partner used to work very hectic shifts, sometimes he would finish at 5pm, sometimes 6pm, sometimes 9pm and he would let me know if he'd be dropping by that day, though he usually wouldn't be able to give me a time but at least I knew that he'd be coming by. It was around 8pm and I was upstairs in the bedroom just working on an embroidery project. I had my airpods in so wasn't too aware of what was going on around me. I remember feeling the bed rattle though since my bedroom was right above the front door, so whenever someone closed the door, seeing as it was very old and heavy, it always rattled my bed frame. This would usually indicate my partner had arrived. I didn't immediately go downstairs to greet him, as I really wanted to finish off the piece of embroidery that I was working on. It was about five minutes before I took out my airpods and proceeded to make my way out of my bedroom and onto the stair landing. I was about to call out for him too, when I realized that... He didn't leave his work jacket or work boots in the entry. And he knew full well that I don't like shoes, especially work boots, all over my carpeted floors. I assume that I must have imagined feeling the bed shake then. So I went back into my bedroom and was about to put my airpods back in when I very distinctly heard a big crash come from downstairs. 
it sounded like something very heavy was just dropped. I immediately freaked out and called my boyfriend's name down from my bedroom doorway, but I got no reply. I sure as heck started hearing heavy footsteps though pacing towards the entryway. My gut feeling was that something here was very wrong. I turned, grabbed my phone from the bed, and bolted to the bathroom which was the only room in the house with a lock. I called the police and as I started hearing those same heavy footsteps make their way up the stairs, I have never, ever been so scared of those creaking sounds coming from the stairs, but it was different then. At the time, it felt as if uh, I've never heard a scarier sound to be honest. As I was on the phone to the police, the only thing that I could tell the lady on the phone was my address over and over again. I was more focused on how I was going to get out of there to be honest. I wasn't going to wait and see what would happen or who this person was, so I flung open my small bathroom window and feet first slid down into the lower floor. My adrenaline was so high, I had to momentarily put my phone into my bra as I had no pockets and needed both my hands too. I just remember hearing the police dispatcher keep asking over and over if I'm okay and what was happening. I didn't even have time to tell her what I was doing. It just felt as though my body had gone into autopilot. But once I was on the bottom roof, I lowered myself again, now onto the pavement. As I fell, right onto my knees no less, I got right up and bolted it down the street. It was completely dark with it being mid-October as well. The dispatcher was still on the phone when I finally got onto it again, and I told her whilst running that there was someone in my home and how I just jumped out of the window to get away. I ran for what felt like forever until the lady on the phone said to focus on finding a shop where I could go into and wait for the police. I remembered my boyfriend and told the lady that I needed to call him. I made it to a Tesco Express by then and though she wanted to keep me on the phone, I said that I needed to make sure my partner didn't go into my home and potentially risk running into the other person. I got in contact with my partner who had just finished work. It was around 9pm by then and was driving to my house no less. I told him what happened and he instead started heading towards the shop that I was outside of. I felt such relief when he got here too. I remember taking a picture of my scratched up knees and when I got into the car for some reason I got very fixated on them. My partner called the police back for me as the shock started setting in and he let them know that he was with me. It took some time before the police finally arrived at my home. I was told that my front door was left wide open and in the living room the side table had been knocked over. My home wasn't ransacked but it did look as though someone booked it out of there relatively quickly. Upstairs, my bathroom door was kicked in so hard that the door frame itself was indented in, though nothing was stolen mind you. Once they looked over the place, I was called and told that I could return. A call out ambulance crew was called in and they looked me over. They sorted out my knees and did some sort of assessment to see if I was okay mentally and told me to go and see my GP the next morning about my knees. Reports and statements were written up and I stayed with my boyfriend for two weeks after that. I had to hire someone to fix my doorframe along with having a security system installed as I don't think I'd be able to return without it to be honest. And unfortunately they never found out who this man was. My neighbors had cameras and all we ever figured out about this person was that he was a man who just walked right into my home like it was his 
zero hesitation. My front door was unlocked as I was expecting my partner to arrive soon. I live in a very safe village, mind you, and leaving the door unlocked was a very common occurrence. Though, after this, I've never left it unlocked since. I still live here with my partner and two dogs now, and the man has never come back. Though, we have quite obvious cameras around the property, along with visible security company signage, so that's probably why. But this was easily the most terrifying experience that I've had in my life. It's really hard to, to describe or tell to people because it's like I wasn't in control of my own body when this was happening. Like I said, autopilot went on and all I knew was that I needed to get out of there quickly. So three days ago, my old man went out of town. The first night, I heard what I assumed was a large critter. This is a long story, but recent. I want to say that I'm glad that they left or knew that I was armed or not worth dying or killing. Whatever the reason, I'm just glad that they left. So two nights ago, I was awoken by my dog between 11 and 3 a.m. at most. He kept near me when I got up and made a low, aggressive sort of growl face out of my room but kept close to me. He's never really done this before, mind you. I've worked with canines for years and this just gave me a gut feeling and that was when I heard it. Someone talking. In my yard, like no more than 20 feet by the sound. Low mumbling, sort of bad whispering. I was blaring Return of the King, yes, the extended version, and I need to add that I have really good hearing at my age. If you can speak in like a floor home with two doors closed at like a whisper, I can usually still make out the words. Anyway, he went quiet when I opened a drawer too loud to grab my hidden 380. I chambered around and I noticed a shadow passing by the light outside the blurred window, the blackout curtains. The home was clear, all the doors were locked, nothing odd, so my dog peeled out. I held my flashlight in one hand, went his way and called him to the other side. And he was gone. I guess they knew that I was home and ran on foot or something. I went around but thought, okay, I'm good. Well, Florida continues to be Florida, I guess. Night three, my dog does this again in the same frame, waking me up. At this rate, I just got the 12 gauge. My dog was acting far more protective and gave me the dog body language for major threat, need the pack, can't handle alone sort of thing. I froze for a moment. There were two people now. This is not good. They must intend to violently take whatever they want. It was one new guy and definitely the other guy that I saw the other night. I can't really risk getting a look or anything. At this rate, they definitely mean business and had to be armed to scope out a place with a, a ring of like 60 pounds of muscle of dog and me with a lifetime of handling guns. And I mean, they were in the yard at around 2.30 in the morning for a second night. They knew that I and my dog were home, but clearly they had a goal. This time, the voices were behind the home though. My dog then pulled a, a Leroy Jenkins on me, 
He gave off the most aggressive loud bark that I've ever seen any dog do and ran to the wall. I ran to his side and yelled, they're dead men. It was at this point that things were clicking for me too. This was planned and professional. I checked every inch of the property with the shotgun. My dog was worked up and spooked, but definitely calming. But in the end, we couldn't find anything. I'll definitely be buying a mistake for this one though, and a good one too. I went inside. I literally kept the gun on me, chambered, and on reach of my bed too, and I barely slept. Day four, I did a bit of looking around for like misplaced or slightly moved objects or scratches or anything like that. And yeah, one trash can by the gate was rotated 180 degrees. It had the handle facing me, not the wall as it's always been placed. There were also a few crushed twigs as I went back there. The head chair was turned and moved to the right. A clearly odd thing too is that table set is symmetrical so it's glaringly obvious out of place if you lived here. I did the ring and my neighbours so far have shown nothing but I knew these guys had to have known that he left. I knew that his son lived there too. The dog would eat them. It's huge. I had a gun and I even announced that I was armed. Yet whoever this person was came back with backup too. Also, he definitely moved stuff that I didn't know until my marine buddy told me to check to see if there was any rocks out of place or anything like that. It's a way to apparently gauge the person's awareness and presence, I guess, but whatever their goal was, I'm pretty confident that it was not good. Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. When I was a child, I was extremely afraid of the dark. I would go sleep on the floor of my parents' room, or sometimes my sister's, when the fear became too much for me. I think most kids are afraid of the dark to some extent, right? But I had experiences that caused the fear, you see. And I would like to share one of the strangest experiences that I ever had. So my parents were divorced. I only saw my dad, like, every other weekend. My sister and I usually go to his house together... And when I'd get scared, I would go sleep on her floor. One particular weekend, I went by myself. And there was something about that house that just really creeped me out. Especially at night. It was bedtime and I was laying in my bed trying to ignore all of the little creaks and the noises of an old house. And what sounded like footsteps. When the fear just finally got too much to me. I had to go and sleep on my dad's floor and... I went to his bedroom door, only to discover that it was locked. I was so scared that I had to get in there no matter what though. 
He had a door that could be unlocked with a penny, so I went back to my room to retrieve a coin so I could break in and sleep safely on his floor. I went across the hall to his door and went to unlock it when the handle started to turn slowly to the right and then to the left. I checked the handle again to find that it was now unlocked. I thought that maybe it was my dad, but when I opened the door, and this only took like a second, he was in bed sound asleep. And there's just no way that he would have had any time to get from the door back to his bed that quickly. I ran back to my room and grabbed my pillow and blankets and just as I left my room, the door behind me slammed shut. I was terrified at this point. The slamming door woke my dad up too and I tried explaining what just happened but he was just irritated and didn't want to hear it. He told me to just lay down on his floor and go to sleep and so that's what I did. The next morning, I discovered that my bedroom door was actually locked from the inside. So, not only did the door slam shut by itself, but it was also locked. Looking back on this experience, as terrifying as it was, it does seem benevolent. I was scared and wanted somewhere safe to go and the door to the safe place was unlocked for me, while the place that I was terrified to be was closed off and locked, so... Whatever this thing was, it seemed to be looking out for me. I don't know, but all I do know is that it's a memory that will stick with me for as long as I live. You can live out your MasterChef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel... Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. This happened several years ago, but much of it is still fresh in my mind. My husband's son and I, we were visiting a local park with a great playground and a long paved sort of trail next to the lake. Hubby would stay with my kiddo while he played and I would walk the dog and listen to a podcast. This park was usually very busy, but this was early spring and the weather wasn't really great. The sky was grey and the wind off the lake still had a bit of a nip to it. I didn't let that deter me though and I had serious cabin fever and was ready to stretch my legs. So me and my pup Beeb set off. It had been I would say 15-20 minutes when I noticed my dog sort of acting strange. She was pulling on the leash a lot and seemed almost anxious. At this point I realized that I was almost completely alone. Almost. You see... I glanced back and there were two men. I'll refer to them as Man A and Man B. 
walking behind me at a pretty quick clip. There was nothing outwardly strange about them, mind you. I just sort of shrugged off my unease and told myself that I must just be paranoid. I slowed a bit and let them pass me, which they did. I felt immediately better once they were well ahead of me too. They were a ways away, but in my line of sight, as I walked, several minutes later, they stopped, and man A leaned and whispered something in man B's ear. Man B nodded and started walking ahead, while man A turned around and started walking back towards me. I did find it weird, but sort of just explained it away in my mind, I think. I mean, maybe he has to leave, maybe he has to go to the bathroom, maybe he isn't feeling well. As he passed though, we made eye contact and as a reflex I smiled and nodded at him. But the smile I got back, it made my skin crawl. And looking back, I remember that my dog distinctly positioned herself between me and him. I kept walking for a while, I knew at this point I probably should have turned back but I didn't. And for the next five minutes or so, everything was fine. But then I realized that... I couldn't see Man B anymore. There was a bathroom right next to the trail, so he likely was in there, and as I'm processing this, my dog is pulling on the leash and looking behind us, and Man A is coming up fast. Not quite running, mind you, but definitely speed walking. I decided to sit down on a bench and be on the phone with my husband when he passed. I put him on speaker and made sure to loudly say, Yeah, I'm turning around now, should be back shortly. And at that moment, my dog, who is truly the friendliest dog in the world and will love anyone who will scratch her behind the ears, lunged at this man snarling and barking. She's part Norwegian elk hound, so her bark is pretty jarring. But she had never once done anything like this in the six plus years that I'd had her. The man sidestepped and sort of scurried away. And as soon as he was far enough away that I thought that I wasn't going to get tackled from behind, I got up and booked it all the way back to my husband. Now, maybe it was nothing. Maybe I was just being paranoid and worked myself up over nothing, but I don't know. My dog has never reacted like that. And the fact that these men were sort of disappearing and then reappearing like that, the whole thing seemed very fishy. I really believe that if my dog doesn't like you though, it's for a good reason. So, I'm a pretty typical teenager from Japan, male. And ever since I can remember, I have throughout my lifetime had reoccurring encounters with some strange people. Be it in terms of looks or behavior, these encounters can happen anywhere from a week's space to several months even. And it always seems like when I do, it was their intention to meet me. I know that sounds weird, but let me explain. So my most recent one was on my way home from school. During my walk, I was looking down at my phone for a short moment, about to text one of my friends that I planned to have over at my house later. And as I looked up, a young man looking like he was maybe in his 20s was approaching me a few meters ahead. This confused me for a minute, as it was a straight and fairly long path ahead. I thought to myself that while I may have been looking at my phone, I would have surely have noticed him coming from the corner of the path a good length away. 
Or at least I expected him to be closer to that corner or something. But there he was, approaching me from the middle as if he had appeared from almost thin air. His hair was dark brown, a bit unkempt, but still pretty good looking and he had green eyes. His clothes were fairly ordinary too, keeping a sort of laid-back summer style to it, I guess. But the most remarkable thing about him was his tattoo, or maybe it was a mark per se or something. In any case, it was a black line running from his left chin and down to underneath his shirt. As he got close enough for conversation, he sort of stopped me and asked for my name. When I told him, he said that he'd heard about me before. This obviously really confused me as I'm not exactly like a celebrity or anything, but I didn't think too much of it. We then had some like boring small talk, but he genuinely seemed pretty cheerful. Just as he was about to take off too, he told me that I should probably wait for my friend. He didn't give me much of a chance to respond to this before just walking off in the direction that he came from. I thought about what he said and turned around to walk back to school. I sort of glanced behind my back not long after, only to find that he was nowhere to be seen. As I made it back to my school, sure enough I find my friend waiting by the gate she apparently thought that we were going to walk to my place together and had been waiting for me for a quite a long time. I apologized and we began walking and, well, that's pretty much the end of it. I obviously didn't tell her about the encounter, but I thought about it when she left. Because I didn't even tell him or hint about my friend at all, so how would he have known? These are the types of encounters that have kept on happening like throughout my whole life, sometimes very frequently too, and I just don't know why. These people I meet just seem so not real and usually know something that I've never told them about, which leads me to believe that these people aren't human at all. I might post more stories if anybody would be interested in them, but... I would like to know if somebody might have some answers, I guess, to who or what this could be and why I keep encountering them. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. 
Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When I was about 20, I moved out of home and into a share house with about five other flatmates. Generally, at any given time, there were six people living in the five-bedroom house. One of the rooms had two beds. Now, during my 10-month stay there, I probably had about 25 different flatmates due to the high turnover. Some were travelers backpacking around Australia and would only stay a few weeks before moving on. But I had a good friend in there around the same age as me. Her name was Jenny, who moved in shortly after I did. We were always joking about the many colorful characters that we'd encountered during our stay. Jenny and I both had the largest rooms in the house that were near the front, and in between our rooms was a tiny space that us flatmates used to call the broom closet. It was big enough for a bunk bed, and that was about all really, and whoever stayed in there would store their stuff under the bunk. Now, One day, shortly after the broom closet had become vacant again, a Brazilian guy named Marcel, who I think was about 38 years old, rocked up and moved in. He seemed fun enough at first, I guess. He was always stoned and in a good mood and always sharing stuff with everyone. Our house was always a bit of a party house with drinking and smoking being pretty common here as well. But over the next several weeks, Marcel's attitude changed from this happy-go-lucky guy to sort of increasingly paranoid and angry. I remember him breaking down crying one night and he kept saying, the children are dying, the children are dying, and just didn't know how to help him. Another time he lashed out at us all and it was bizarre and I remember coming home one time and he was in his room with the door open but I didn't want to look in so I hurried to my room but on the way I heard him making these strange sort of grunting noises. It sounded almost animalistic too and eventually his erratic behavior and mood swings got to a point where the rest of us flatmates spoke to the landlords and they came and asked him to leave. He packed up his stuff and as he was leaving he pointed to us and said God would judge us all one day. After he'd gone Jenny and I went to check out the broom closet as we'd never seen it while it was empty and I noticed next to the bunk near where a person would lay their head to sleep there was a small hole in the wall. It was just big enough that when you put your eye near it you could see Jenny's entire room and it overlooked her bed. Next to the hole was a faint but grubby looking man's handprint. There were also stains further down the wall towards the other end of the bed and Jenny was horrified to realize that Marcel had been watching her in her bedroom all this time and also appeared to have been playing with himself. I was disgusted as well and I mean it was truly disturbing we were pretty sure that he must have created the hole himself as well as before he moved in, a young girl stayed in that room and she had never mentioned it. We both moved out shortly after this though, but during our time in that house, I'd say that that was definitely the creepiest encounter that we'd had while we were living there. For as long as I can remember, I have been haunted by a very tall black figure. I have vivid memories of him creeping up the ladder on the bunk bed that I shared with my twin sister. 
I never saw his face. He was just a black shadow that sort of disappeared when I looked directly at him, but I always got this image, I guess, in my mind when he was around. I don't really know how to explain it, but I know what he looked like. I can picture his face in my mind, but I never actually saw his face. He, for the most part, left me alone. It was just a very, very creepy thing. Once when I was downstairs very late at night, though, I turned the kitchen light, the hallway light, and the light for the stairs on because I always did this because I was scared of the dark. I think this unexpected disturbance sort of made him mad or something, too, because... I turned off the lights as I was going back upstairs. My parents were sticklers about turning lights off. And right after I turned the stair light off, I saw him behind me in the mirror at the end of the hallway with very bright red sort of ominous eyes. I could almost feel the anger too, and this was the only time that I sort of directly saw him. There were more small incidences in that house, but that was the worst. I moved out of my parents' house, though, with my now husband, and he, the shadow, followed me to my new house. He only stayed in one area, though, and it was a, a lot more subtle. He stayed in our laundry room, which had no door. The whole house had no doors, in fact. We were broke 18-year-olds, don't judge. We didn't have a washer, a dryer, so we used it for storage, pretty much. The laundry room was directly across from my room and had a perfect view of me while I was sleeping. It wasn't so bad, I guess. I could just feel him sort of watching me sometimes, and I slept in the living room a lot anyway. But my husband and I got pregnant with our son, so we moved to a bigger and better house. It had doors, thankfully, and the shadow came along too. Again, he only stayed in one area of the house, the room that was going to be my son's nursery, mind you. My son wasn't born yet, so obviously I wasn't in that room very often, and once my son came, I kept the baby in my room 95% of the time because I was really nervous. First time mum and potential SIDS really scared me, but the man only appeared in the nursery, and I never actually saw him. I just sort of felt like he was there. I don't remember if I felt him in that house after my son was born, I was a huge ball of anxiety as a first-time mum, so I didn't notice a lot of things and honestly barely remember my son's first few months. My anxiety level was not normal first-time mum anxiety too. I was like in survival mode constantly and scared of not being a good enough mum and all that stuff. So I don't know if the haunting stopped when I had my son or... And I know this sounds a bit silly, but I turned 20 just a month before my son was born, so... I technically wasn't a child anymore myself. I'm really not sure. It just stopped and I no longer see or feel this thing. I haven't in a long time now. I wish that I could remember the exact time that I felt his presence, but I don't. I moved again when my son was seven months old and I haven't seen or felt anything ever since. So, this wasn't an encounter with a person, but something that I found with my kiddo in the woods. It was hair, like 20 inches of human hair, in the campfire ring. I spotted it right away because it was so unusual to see. It wasn't burned, but carefully put under three or four medium-sized rocks. 
I moved the rocks and used a big stick to investigate, hoping that I wouldn't see a scalp or skin included, hoping that it was a wig and someone thought that they would be funny, but no. It was blonde hair with washed out blue dye about halfway through it. I tried to turn it over using the stick as much as I could, making sure that it wasn't attached to a scalp or worse. And man, it smelt rotten like decay. And it is the absolute creepiest thing that I've come across in the woods. So unsettling that I did report it to the sheriff's department because I felt someone with authority should know. I talked to the deputy and sent him the pictures that we took with detailed instructions to get to the campsite. There's been no follow-up so far, but it's totally ruined our Sunday drive. I don't know if someone was just shaving their head and howling at the moon in the woods or what, but it looked to be a bit more than that, and it was disturbing for sure. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.